Hey, it's Brandon here and I have some big news. Seven Figure Millennials is now beyond curious. I am so excited for this new brand and I would highly encourage you to go check out episode number 140 for all of the juicy details. But as a teaser for episode 140, the central question for Seven Figure Millennials, the original show from the beginning was, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? I spent over 1,000 hours researching this question and published 139 episodes. And after all of that, I have an answer. And I put together that answer in a legit masterclass that weaves together clips from previous guests all to answer that question. So if you wanna hear my answer, the why behind Beyond Curious and the vision moving forward, go check out episode number 140. But you are here listening to this episode, which I know is amazing, but I would just highly recommend you also check out episode number 140 for the full explanation behind the rebrand. All right, here's your episode. Greetings, my friend, and welcome to today's episode of Seven Figure Millennials, where together you and I are on a mission to figure out how we can prioritize our happiness, health, and relationships as we make our biggest entrepreneurial dreams a reality. And if this is your very first episode, I want to say welcome. I'm beyond excited to have you here. And if you're returning, you know how much I appreciate you for coming back week after week. And today, whether you are a new friend or an old friend, we get to hang out with Dan Cushell. Dan is a husband, dad, serial entrepreneur, angel investor, and high school football coach. He's the founder of Breakthrough 3X and helps founders and CEOs like you connect the dots, see the blind spots, and get unstuck by helping you get more clients and grow 3 to 10x with less stress using direct response branding so that you can have a bigger impact, reach, and contribution. With over 25 years of business experience, he started over 11 companies, coached over 5,000 founders founders and CEOs from over 180 industries, 11 countries, been a secret weapon for clients like Dean Graziosi, Joe Polish, the founder of ESPN, Bill Rasmussen, Janet Atwood, Daniel Macros, Vern Harnish, Mike Aguilero, and many more. He's also sold two separate eight-figure companies and now spends his time helping other founders and CEOs grow with less stress and less burnout while also fulfilling his love and passion as a high school football coach building young future leaders. In this episode, you're going to learn so much as always, but I want you to look out for three specific things. Number one, after coaching thousands of founders, Dan reveals what he believes to be one of the biggest needle movers in someone's business and that is creating an irresistible offer and we dive into how you can do just that in your business. Number two, why Dan believes that the number one mistake he's made in business is poor client selection and how you can avoid headaches of working with the wrong people. And number three, Dan's crazy story of an offer he made to someone live on the radio and how the host took him up on the offer but told him that if he didn't fulfill on his offer, he would shred him live on the radio. And so you'll have to listen to find out what happened after that. So all of that to look forward to in today's episode. But before we dive in, I want to give a pre-show listener shout out, which this week goes to, if I can pronounce it correctly, Lyutsik, L-Y-U-T-S-I-K, who left a review on Apple Podcasts saying, great 
podcast to learn from. So impressed with how Brandon leads conversation. Brandon's podcast is a great resource for learning how amazing it is to learn from the experience of other people. So thank you so much for those kind words, Lietzik. And if you're a returning listener and you haven't had a chance to leave a review yet, it would help me a ton if you could simply scroll up or scroll down wherever app you're listening to. There should be an opportunity for you to just leave a rating. It'll take less than 10 seconds. It'll help the show out a lot. And if you want to leave a more in-depth review, that would be awesome. And if you want to find out how you can do that, you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash 7FM. And I might give you a pre-show listener shout out in the future. But whether you choose to do any of that or not, I appreciate you for being here. And I hope you enjoy this incredible conversation with Dan Cashel. If you had to pick between A, making a ton of money, B, being happy, healthy, and surrounded with people you love, or C, making a meaningful impact on the world, which would you choose? The good news is that today we don't have to choose. So the question is, how can entrepreneurs like you and me, who have a vision for our lives and aren't willing to settle for anything less, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? You and I are on a mission to find out, and we have an incredible journey ahead of us. My name is Brandon Fong, and welcome to the 7 Bigger Millennials Podcast. Dan, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you here, my friend. Brandon, it's so awesome to be with you again, and uh, I love what you're doing. Thanks so much. I thought we would start in a really fun place. So in my research, uh, you know, I've spent some time with you. I've attended some of your incredible workshops and you're just such a incredible giving person. And one of the podcasts I listened to uh, that you were on, you shared a really powerful story that I think kind of set you on the path that you're on today. So I thought this would be a good place to zoom in on. So this goes back to when you're 10 years old, you're with your dad and he took you to an event that kind of changed everything for you. So I would love for you to tell that story and share a little bit about the context and where that led you to today. Yeah, so that was uh, an event in Ipsituckee. Uh, for those who <laughs> might know Michigan, uh, I'm kind of kidding, obviously. It's Ypsilanti. So my dad was a coach, and my dad took me to this event, this clinic for coaches. I was 10 years old. He dragged me along. And I remember Brandon sitting in this, you know, clinic with all these coaches. And, you know, on one side, I was kind of like, oh, my God, do I fit here? And then on the other end, I was just so excited to get a chance to learn. And plus, you know, the coaches for Eastern Michigan University were there and a lot of players were there and they were doing demos and drills. And like for me, it just really was something that I just connected to the, this idea of growth. And, and my dream as a kid is as young as I can remember, maybe five, six years old, someone would say, well, Dan, what do you want to do when you grow up? Play professional baseball. Didn't quite work out, but it was a catalyst to so many amazing experiences, opportunities, relationships, uh, growth, and a whole lot more. But sitting in that clinic, Brandon, you know, I remember, like I said, I felt a little awkward, a little out of place. But then, you know, one of the pages that st stood out in this, you know, uh, uh, two-day clinic was, you know, at the top of the page, because I actually still have that manual from all these, those years ago uh, as well. I don't have it right here in front of me, but at the top of this page, it says, your success is determined by PMA. And then it went on to basically say that your success in baseball and life is going to be based on your positive mental attitude. Baseball is night and baseball and life is 90% mental and the rest physical. And that has always stood out for me 
in anything we do. And here I was at 10 years, I look back at, you know, that experience my dad gifted me uh, was such an amazing catalyst to, I think, you know, ways of thinking, ways of being, ways of doing and operating and, and things like that. So, yeah. I love that. It's such a good core story. And it's funny, the one part of the reason why that resonated with me so much is that uh, my dad, a while ago, he sent me some pictures that he took because similar situation, he brought me to some, you know, events that he got to go to. And he sent me a picture with my nine year old handwriting. And I was taking notes at a at a workshop that he got to go to. And so I just love that story. And I love that that spark that that created in you to head out on this journey and improve things and change things for you. So I want to skip a few years ahead and get we'll go for another kind of context back story. And in in some other content I've heard you share, you've, you've talked about how this is one of the, you know, kind of more breakthrough moments in your career. So um, who is Jim Heinemeyer, if I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, so Jim uh, was somebody I met, you know, so at the time I uh, had written an initial manuscript for this, this book right here. And I had turned this into the first version of this, Brandon, which was, you know, this book called A Champion in the Making, Awaken the Champion Within Your Life, Business, and Relationships. And I was actually standing in a, in a printing company called ProPrint at the time on um, uh, Camelback, I believe it is, in Scottsdale. And I'm in there, you know, just exchanging, getting my books, again, an earlier version of this uh, before this updated version. And I'm in conversation and, you know, he sees that I'm dealing with his books. And so Jim is standing next to me and goes, well, what do you do? And I you know, basically said, well, I help inspire people to reach their fullest potential. And he goes, well, hey, here's my card. I'm Jim and I'm the general manager of NBC here in Phoenix. Would you want to come on our show? And I'm like, holy smokes, because I was looking at radio shows and doing research to trying to find radio stations to get on because I didn't want to do traditional you know, book tour stuff and go to a bunch of bookstores, Brandon, I wanted to use a different paradigm, a different model, a unique model. And so the downside of all of this was after that initial exchange, you know, Jim kind of blew, blew me off or, you know, using today's terminology, ghosted me up front. And I followed up with him and I followed up with him and weeks went by and I followed up again some more and months went by and I was following up some more and I'm pretty thorough and diligent uh, in follow-up and you know like six months seven months pass after that initial exchange standing in that printing shop and I of course went you know roller coaster of excitement to basically sad and oh this isn't going to pan out or whatever what was me but I kept at it and I remember I sent a Christmas card to him, basically wishing him a happy holidays. And I also included another copy of my book to give him. And after, you know, the holidays, you know, right around mid-January or so of that following year, Brandon, uh, Jim reaches back out and says, hey, you know, I've been me. I'm so sorry. I've been so busy over the last few months and I've been meaning to follow up with you. Would you still like to look at coming on NBC? It's like, oh my God, that'd be amazing. So long and the short, Jim set it up. I ended up meeting a host there named John and I go into this radio studio and I didn't know how radio really worked. I was kind of ignorant uh, of like the whole process that you can literally just buy your way in and not everybody buys their way in whether they realize it or not. You're either getting underwritten by sponsors paying for the airtime or you're writing the check or a combination of both. 
And so Jim went on and I didn't know this. And they said, you know, they gave me their presentation on coming on the radio show. And they were like, here's what it's going to cost you. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. And then what kind of was the catalyst to so many amazing other opportunities, Brandon, the host of that, uh, of that show at that time was a guy named John. And this guy was super sharp. And, you know, I kind of, you know, sized him up in our conversation. And as he's interviewing me, I'm interviewing him. And long and the short of it is, you know, a couple of weeks later, I end up doing my live show with the sole purpose to, at the time, this is going back almost 20 years now, 21 years, to give away my book for free, plus shipping. Now, I know there are other people in the last few years who apparently invented this model, but I was doing this on radio 21 years ago at the time we're doing this. And by the way, I didn't invent this model either. I learned this idea, this concept from a guy named John Scherer, who used to have this thing, you can probably go on YouTube and look him up, this thing called The Little Professor, and it was this little CD thing or CD-ROM or whatever, and you'd order it, it was free, plus shipping. I modeled the idea of this book model after that. And I had already tested it in some other platforms and it worked pretty well. So long and the short, John was going to interview me, and right in the middle of the first five minutes of the show, I, I say, John, can I stop you for a second? And he goes, yes, Dan. And I go, are you okay if I coach you? He goes, yes. He goes, all right. I go, John, if I could show you a way that if you followed my coaching, that I could help you increase your income by at least six figures in the next 12 months or less, would you follow what I showed you? Now, there was no prep for this. This was me on a gut, sizing him up, recognizing he was a high, high achieving kind of guy. Live on the air. This is live, by the way, live radio at the time. And he goes, yes, Dan, I'm going to do this for two reasons. One, who wouldn't want to increase their income by six figures in a year or less? And two, if you don't, I'm going to shred you on radio. <laughs> right? And... Um, you know, here's the truth. This, this, the truth of this is I didn't hit the goal of helping him increase his income by a hundred grand in 12 months or less damaging confession. Uh, it actually ended up being an increase of that amount in four months in two days. And that was a catalyst to so many opportunities from, you know, events I started hosting where I had people even back then like T. Harvacker, Alex Mondozian, um, uh, of all kinds of experts, and I, mean, I don't want to name drop as much, but you know that came to our events because we could put a couple hundred people or so in the, in those kind of events and had a lot of fun. And this was a catalyst to essentially what became this little book, giving it away free plus shipping. All those years ago was a catalyst to building what then became a seven figure business that then became an eight figure business that grew to 175 employees. Uh, and, you know, doing multiple millions a month, generating over 200,000 clients in a couple of years, over 10,000 subscribers, getting our, our free education stuff daily uh, before I decided to exit that business all off the back of this simple little book. And Jim Hanemeyer at the pro, uh, the, whatever the name of that print shop was. Yeah. That's so incredible. There's so many doors that you just opened there. One, I just want to highlight your persistence in what you had to do in order to make that happen. There's so many people that, that open the door, you have an initial conversations, and that's just the way the game 
goes. It's like you have to continue to build that relationship and do it in a way that's adding value. So absolutely love that. You also alluded to a bunch of directions that I want to head. I would love to talk about irresistible offers. I would love to talk about how you develop some relationships with these incredible people over time. So um, all that good stuff that I'm thinking about. But before we get there, there's one other piece that I kind of want to talk about. Um, and the re- there's several reasons. One, I think you alluded to it earlier in your story when you were 10 years old. You talked about the importance of you know baseball and entrepreneurship or business whatever it is, it's 90% mental, 10% physical in the, in the quote where we're talking about sports, but you know, the same can go with, with entrepreneurship. Uh, and one of the people that I feel so blessed that I got connected to because of your world was Joshua Sheffrin, who I know uh, uh, played a big part in your stuff. And he was one of the first people to tell me about a quote that has become one of my favorite quotes, uh, but it's by Carl Jung, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will control your life and you will call it fate. And I know that, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this in the past. You're very open about this. Like you weren't dealt the best hand growing up. Um, in, in many different ways. And you have worked so hard and, you know, through the years of self-improvement, been able to kind of uh, uncover some of those damaging narratives that you had and turn it into something powerful and kind of grow from that. So I would love for you to maybe share a little bit about some of your background and some of the things that you were able to kind of de-muck in your mind and maybe share some insights that people can apply if they recognize some of that in themselves. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, all of us have, you know, journeys, uh, Brandon. And, you know, some of us are dealt better cards than others. And what I've learned, you know, especially in the last, you know, 15 years is that it's all perception. Perception is reality. I mean, some of what, if you look from the outside in, right, can have the most glamorous, you know, decadent, wealthy, you know, up feeling like upbringing and lifestyle, and yet they feel inferior, that they have a bad deck of cards. And on the other end, you know, I just knew what I knew. I mean, I'm so grateful for my parents, my both my mom and dad, because of their encouragement and support. I mean, from 10 years old, after that experience, my dad was, you know, I would like beg for biographies and bibliography. Now they happen to be, you know, athletes, right? So my dad got me, whether you like these people or not, whether you consider them good role models or not, because that certainly is debatable of some of the names I'll mention. But, you know, I, I was at... 11 years old, 10 years old, 12 years old, reading biographies and bibliographies of Mickey Mantle, Pete Rose, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Ted Williams, and the list goes on. And I consumed this stuff. Like I loved it. And I saw the trends and the themes of like, what were their success habits? I don't know why I picked that up, but those were some of the most important things that built this internal drive. So I had that foundation. I also had a lot of love, which I also know a lot of people don't get. And or it can be distorted, right? But whatever those deck of cards, whether we all feel probably at some point we have some of our cards aren't the best that it could be. And what are you going to do with it, right? So for me, the other cards going against me, which I realize is a, is a gift, it, it's not happening. You know, I think this is a Tony Robbins quote or Marianne Williamson quote. You know, it's happening for me. It's not happening to me. Now, I can say that today a little bit easier than when I was like you described it, the muck of it. You know, I grew up in the inner city of Detroit, uh, not a suburb, but in the inner city. And it was it was tough. And, you know, there were tough times. And on top of tough times with the neighborhood and kids and gangs and, you know, all kinds of stuff going on (laughs) around the neighborhood. There were also, you know, at times our family was on welfare. Multiple times. I remember standing in a grocery store chain at the time back then was called Farmer Jack's. 
and it was right near our neighborhood at Springwells and uh, or uh, Pitt and Verner. Um, yeah, Pitt and Verner, and being embarrassed and humiliated, Brandon, where you know I'm handing you know what is this money to get these groceries that I'd gotten because my mom wasn't able to get to the store that I was getting. And then even worse is I didn't even have enough food stamps to get the dang food that I was being asked. So not only did I have to pay for it with food stamps, I didn't even have enough of food stamps to get the food. So they had to send the, the food, some of it off to the side, which I remember being standing there like just humiliated and embarrassed. And I think, again, is it for me or against me or is it to me or for me? Again, I don't, I don't feel like I realized it, but I chose, I remember this internal, like part of the reason I strove so hard to, to achieve in sports is it was my way up. And I knew it. I wasn't the smartest kid in school, not that I was a bad student, but it just wasn't the thing that connect, but boy, did baseball. And I happened to be fortunate to have some gifts. And, you know, my dad, even at 10 years old, he saw this burning drive. Like nobody had to say to go practice. I was out and left to my own devices. I'd have been out till midnight every night working on some part of my game of sports. And my dad had even said this from the time I was 10, Brandon, again, so loving and caring and compassionate to share this because I can remember these plain as yesterday, is Dan, if you take the same approach and your love for the game of baseball and your commitment to it, and you apply it to anything you do in your life, you're gonna be immensely successful. And that's what's most important. Mm -hmm. And and I try to instill these same things with my daughter, at the time, right now, we're doing this as so she's 16 and my son, who's 14, and giving them these kind of foundational tools because you just never know, you know what's going to happen. And it, when it rains, it can pour. When it, if there's a thunderstorm, boy, that lightning can hit and hit you hard. And when there's hurricanes and there's tornadoes, anybody can be great when it's sunny. Anybody can be great when the sun's out. It's easy to be a happy person. But boy, show me the person that can get through the tornadoes and get through the hurricanes and deal with adversity. And that's what I learned from my dad by him leading by example at home, regardless of all this stuff going on. And that's making it through, seeing it through, seeing the other side of it and staying committed to what you want, not what circumstance brings you. Yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing. And I just would encourage anybody, if you if something resonated with you, what, what Dan was just saying, if there's some muck in your past, there is an opportunity to go back and rewrite those stories. If you have a narrative that isn't serving you, that's, you know, the lot of, a lot of the work that we all have to do is just to figure out what it really means now. Because you like, like Dan said, it's up to you. It's your perception of the event that actually controls moving forward. So thank you yeah, so and much by, for And by the way, that. I'm going to jump in because I think this is critical. And we have Joe Polish to thank you know, in a lot of ways, strategically, indirectly for our, our meeting down the path. And, you know, he had introduced me and us, you know, s- several people to, you know, this idea, a gentleman named Gabor Mate, which, you know, he says, don't ask why the addiction, but you can substitute addiction, why the, you know, problem, obstacle, danger, uh, mock, whatever, like circumstance, cards dealt, ask why the pain. 
why the where why the trauma where does it where does it stem from and again you can we can choose Brandon as you know as well as anyone and all the great work you do is we can choose to attach to that and be the thing that holds us or is this going to become a driving force a driving factor that commitment factor of going this is my opportunity this problem is my opportunity this irritated oyster is my pearl this coal is my diamond so yeah love that love that thank you for adding on top of that so so critical and i would encourage everybody to hit rewind a few times and just re-listen <laughs> to everything that dan just shared so so valuable so i mean as you probably listening as you picked up like dan is he's talked about some of the incredible people that he's he's worked with he's made a massive impact in the world and one of the things i admire so much about you dan is not only do you have all this experience but you have such a great way of teaching and distilling this in a way that is not intimidating in a way that is very applicable for many people uh and so i would love to kind of dive in as much as we can with the time that we have remaining and and one of the one of the core foundational principles that I've always heard you talk about that's so powerful is the concept of an irresistible offer. Um, and one of the things you talk about, you have a framework that that has to do with rowing a boat. So I would love for you to maybe not spell the the, the same exact way, but would we would love for you to tell us a little bit about um, your insights on building an irresistible offer and creating your boat? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of layers to this, but here here's what we you know what we know about creating an irresistible offer. The thing that will set you free in your business. Uh, there's a lot of pieces, but one of the things that will make a difference it has in my career. So, you know, we've kind of talked about some of the glamour of, of, of these things over the years or my, my success. It's on the shoulders of a lot of failure, uh, as well. And in early in my career, I, I got started, as you know, Brandon, all the way back in the late 1980s, officially with my first business. And then the first successful business that was initially a seven figure business in a few months, I crashed and I crashed the next one and I crashed it. So I had three in a row early that I crashed, you know, I was on the verge of bankruptcy and like, you know, just craziness, chaos, had to regroup a lot. Fast forward now, you know, I've, I've had 13 of my own companies and I've had a, you know, nice level of different successes along the way that grew. One, one of those businesses was this big coaching business we alluded to earlier, right? But it, I think personally, I learned more from the failure than the success. And the same with like, if I look back and go like, what's one key? Like, I like using this, having these little things as reminders around my desk. And I have several of them, but one of them is a domino. What is one of the most important, (laughs) yeah, dominoes to tip over in our business, right? And one of those is having an irresistible offer, right? And here's a simple way to think about an irresistible offer. And, you know, I'm going to use uh, a quote from a gentleman named Naveen Jain, because his name probably means more than Dan Cushel. Naveen is a billionaire, right? You can go look him up, Naveen Jain. He's been on the cover, I believe, of Time Magazine, if I'm not mistaken. I don't imagine that Dan Cushell is ever going to be on a cover of Time Magazine. I, I mean that respectfully. It is what it is, right? Uh, but what he said is, hey, uh, somebody asked him a question in a small, intimate event that we mutually attended with Naveen. And he literally came out and somebody asked him and said, hey, Naveen, how do you build a billion-dollar company? And as matter of fact, as I just described positive mental attitude and from my experience, he goes, Ah, it's easy. Just help 10 billion people. And then someone said, well, how do you build a $100 million company? Oh, it's easy. Just help a, a billion people. Well, how do you build a million dollar business? 
just help 10 million people. And the whole idea is all an irresistible offer is, is focusing on creating 10 times value, right? You know, uh, Dan Sullivan has a great framework. He's the founder of a company, uh, him and his wife, Babs, are um, founders of a company called Strategic Coach, amazing organization uh, that's doing great things. And Dan has this framework where he says, you know, money earned ethically is simply a byproduct of value creation, right? So as I look at irresistible offers and have for a long time, many, many years, we have a tool that we create. I have it sitting over here, which is essentially a playbook, a one pager to help you, to help me. And I've been using a version of this. It's iterated over time, of course, uh, for about 20 years. Because even Zebo with experience, it's sometimes easy to forget some of the elements. Like, you know, unconsciously, we may know how to cook like uh, spaghetti and meatballs and your special sauce. And, you know, we learn mom's recipe. But then if we haven't cooked it for a minute, sometimes we might forget like one little ingredient. And that one little ingredient can kill that taste, doesn't it? That's how an irresistible offer. But let me give you a couple simple ways to think about your irresistible offer. One, it's a huge domino. It's probably the most important. The thing that may probably make the difference for your business, being immensely successful, hyper growth, exponential, have the ability to get free, many times we'll have to deal with creating an irresistible offer. Uh, and what's an easy way to look at how do I go about creating my irresistible offer? Well, the first thing is, Okay, whatever I got, don't focus on what I got. Don't focus on the product. Don't focus on the service. Focus on what it delivers to your client, right? And what they want. And not in your eyes, right? Like what I'm thinking of a client, you know, because we work with about 12 to 15 private clients at a time. Uh, as you know, Brandon, I'm thinking of one client right now. We just had this conversation yesterday. They're telling me like, Dan, my program is, you know, oh my gosh, it's like worth $15,000 for them to go through. And I want to charge, you know, I only want to charge $7,000. Like, okay, well, that's awesome. But it doesn't matter what you feel. It matters what they feel and how we communicate that offer. That's what matters. We have to communicate it in a way that they feel it's worth if you want to sell it for seven, you need to, it needs $70,000 in real value or more, right? So what do we got to do, right? So here are a couple, you know, key frameworks to think about. One of them, I believe, comes from uh, John Carlton. So what is it? So whatever your thing is, product, service, what is it? Get clear on what that is and being able to describe it in like one sentence. What does it do for somebody? What does it do for somebody? Focus on, we call it the BOTE, B-O-T-E, B-O-T-E, breakthrough, outcome, transformation, the experience. And I would even go through each level. Think of, okay, this, whatever your service or product is, what is the breakthrough they get? What does it give them in a breakthrough? What does it give them in an outcome? What does it give them in a transformation? What does it give them in experience? And you can do this 360, I don't, I, for sake of time, you, know, you might think of breakthrough, outcome, transformation, experience, and then go times four. What do they see for themselves as a breakthrough? Do that for all four. What do they hear in relative terms to the breakthrough outcome transfer? What do they feel from the breakthrough outcome transformation experience? And layer it, really get, really take the time to go into it. Then go, okay, this is what it gives them. <laughs> what does that mean for them? Go deeper. Go deeper than you've ever thought possible. 
go deeper. And there's reasons. When you can describe your value, your breakthrough outcome transformation experience better than your client can communicate it, you will connect with that client at a much deeper level than your competition. This is how you can stand out from a crowd. It's how you can do all kinds of crazy stuff. So what is it? What does it do for them? What does it give them? Right? Michael Fishman, who's a mutual friend, Michael has a great framework he taught, I don't know, about a decade ago at an event we were at with Genius Network. And I won't go, you know, he does a 12-minute presentation on it or give or take. And he says, there's what people tell you. And most people are living surface level, what they tell you. Then there's what they don't tell you because maybe there isn't enough rapport. What they can't tell you because they can't even articulate it themselves. But when they hear it, feel it, see it, so I ask you to think about those four dynamics. Feel it. When you can describe it better than your client, they go, wow, that's the person, that's the company, that's the product, that's the service for me, right? So that's one way of being able to think about it. Another great way to think about the layers of your irresistible offer, Brandon, is, you know, we call this the unique MO process. You know, something, many times we'll spend a day with a client. They'll have us even, like we have clients who, We'll hire us just for a day to do this process together for a day and really unpack it and unfold it and really, really get crystal clear, which is a lot of fun. Also, when we kick off with a client, we take them through this process, at least the mini version. So I want to just give that to you, right? I've had clients who literally have said this simple segment by itself has been worth minimum a million dollars. I'm not even joking at all. Now, are there other layers? Yes. I don't want to create teasing and you know, I'm, I'm just not at that point in my career uh, anymore. So let me just walk you through it. So the first part of the unique MO pro, there's four parts uh, that we'll cover. Number one is what, who is your unique market? And get super clear. And by the way, I'm going to give you a couple quick examples on this too. So I'm going to go through fairly quick and then I'm going to give you a couple examples. And then ideally you go through this for your business, for creating your 10 times value opportunity right? I hope you come back to this and scratch it all out and and lay it all out for yourself because this can be a game changer uh, in your business. One of these huge dominoes. You only have to tip one, right? To knock down a couple thousand done right. This one's one of those. So unique, unique market. Number two, what is your unique message to that market? Here's a, something you can put in parentheses, my promise. So it's your promise to your unique market. Pretty simple, right? Then it's your unique method of delivering that promise to your unique market, right? Then, okay, now what is your unique offer to your particular clients? So let me give you a quick example. Because, you know, Brandon, you know, you've attended a couple of our workshops and one of the things we hear frequently when people go, well, who's your market? They go, everyone, which means no one, right? Who makes more as you're watching right now Generalists or specialists? And we, we all know the answer. It's specialists, right? Focus on being that specialist to your market, right? So, gentlemen, you, you may know of, and I'm not going to reveal his name for a couple minutes, but I'm going to give you this example. He got in an industry that's arguably one of, if not the most commoditized business in the world with competition, layers and layers and layers of competition. He got in the industry of coffee. And when he went into that market, right, it's our, it's our belief, it's our perception. This is kind of the way he saw his industry, and it's also part of what may have helped uh, his business quite a bit. So unique market. 
instead of coffee drinkers. He said fitness enthusiasts who drink coffee. That's what he kind of, and notice how simple it is. Fitness enthusiasts who drink coffee. No one up until that point that he did it, his company did it, had ever done that before. At least to my knowledge. Unique market. Fitness enthusiasts who drink coffee. Unique message. Get fit drinking coffee. See, when you have a message, first of all, so simple. Again, it's the promise. If you drink our coffee, you will get fit. Think about how simple yet sexy that is. And unique it is. It had never been marketed this way before, right? Get fit drinking coffee. It ideally, your unique message will get someone to go, wow, I didn't know that. Or tell me more about how you do it. It should do both. It can do both, right? When, when this is done correctly and framed correctly. Unique method. What's his unique method? He didn't invent this method. It wasn't his that he owned it himself. He borrowed a simple framework that had been around since ancient times. <laughs> From yak. Ancient times. <laughs> and that's to add grass-fed butter to, to food slash, in this case, coffee. But he was the one who popularized the idea. Add grass-fed butter to coffee. And then your other foods. And then his unique offer at that time, which has now been transcended into all kinds of iterations of things, but it was off the back of this, his product slash offer slash company is called Bulletproof Coffee. Right, which became Bulletproof, Bulletproof Books, Bulletproof Publishing, blah, 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 and the list goes in. His company today, as you know, Rand, does over $100 million a year off of something simple. So as you're watching right now, what could you do to position yourself so that you're unique, you're standing out in a crowd, when people hear your message, Oh, here's another one, Brandon. I know, uh, I think you've liked, and many do. Next time you're in a networking, how do you apply this? Next time you're in a networking meeting, someone says, well, what do you do? Instead of vomiting on them, hopefully that graphic doesn't, you know, uh, create <laughs> a vomiting experience. But instead of like just responding, what if instead you asked a question and the question should be related to the problem that you help solve? That's another big problem with most irresistible, and there's several, but this is one of the biggest ones that you can apply like today. Stop thinking in terms of your glop, your product, your service, even your offer. Think in terms of the problem or main three problems you solve for your clients and speak to those. So for example, if someone says to, to me, hey Dan, what do you do? Well, you know how a lot of founders and CEOs struggle to get a steady flow of clients daily? Yes. Yes. Well, what we do is now we go into the dynamics. Right. So the next time you're in a networking or next time you're virtual, next time you're live and someone asks you, well, what do you do? Instead of going, well, here's what I do. Just ask the question related to the problem. Wait for them to engage. Right. Because here's the other thing. Like, let's take business out of it. As you're walking around out there, think about this. How many people do you have ask you, how are you doing? Like if you go buy a Starbucks, I was just at Starbucks picking up a coffee for my wife earlier this morning. They were like, how are you? Have a how are time. you? <laughs> It's very surface level. Yep. But here's a fun exercise to do. Next time someone asks you, how are you? And they go, oh, I'm doing good. Oh, what's good about your day? Whatever that word is they say, repeat it back. Oh, great. Well, what's great about your day? What's one thing that's great mm -hmm. about your day? You will make a new friend for life by just being that. able to go a little deeper and create a real connection. 
That's what that question is designed to do is create a connection with your future potential right fit clients or those who can introduce you to them. And this is some of the simple ways you can stand out. So Mm. what is your unique market? What is your unique message? What is your unique method? And what is your unique offer? And then go apply these in everyday life and everything you do. Man, I was, I was about to recap everything, but Dan's just such a great teacher. He's like, he hit it all on top of it. I love too, what you pulled out too, about Michael Fishman, you know, what, what, People tell you what they don't tell you and what they can't tell you. And the more that you study, the more that you record your calls with people, the more that you go deeper and deeper and maybe do research on reviews that they're writing. It's just like the more that you can get into their brain, the more that you communicate at that level, the more effective it is. So I love that. And I also, I think, an intricate thing to pull out about what Dan recommended that everybody do for the next time somebody asks, what do you do? Do you know how? I think there's an underlying message beneath that, and that is engagement. It's allowing someone to lean into a process. And I find this to be so effective in, in many forms of communication when you're creating a dialogue even via email it's like instead of just handing them the thing or or sending them the link would you be opposed to me sending this over like what you know allowing them to buy in just because so many people hate getting stuff shoved in their face but this is doing that at the human to human level and i am absolutely taking that what is great about your day thing i think that you're right it's just like an automatic response and no one ever really goes deeper so um that and the other comment i was going to make is if you haven't noticed Dan is somebody to follow as somebody that just gives so much content. And one of the Dan's values I know from just studying his stuff is that he's created a buying culture instead of a selling culture. And that's what Dan is so good at is he just gives so much value. And if you want his help, he's there, (laughs) but like he just shows up and adds so much value. So I love that. And I, I appreciate all the insights on the irresistible offer. So let's say someone listens to this and they've established their unique market, their message, their method, their offer. Uh, They're starting to get some clients. Another thing that I wanted to make sure that we talked about today is, uh, one of the one of the things I've heard you say is one of the biggest mistakes that you've made in the past is poor client selection. Oh yeah. So one of the, one of the things that happens is you create an incredible offer, you attract a lot of people. The next thing that has to happen is obviously you create. I think I've heard you say the word gauntlet before. Maybe that's a little bit of an intimidating word, but like a way of filtering and determining how, if you should be working with some people. So I would love for you to share some of your insights on what you've learned over the years on how to make better client selections because that is such a, a driving force for many things in business. Yeah. And as I think about it, it's probably been one of the biggest things I've had to learn. Right. So we call this approach, the right fit filter for client selection, right? Which is pretty, pretty simple. So, you know, as you're watching right now, ideally you may have some core company values, right? And then if you're the founder of your business or CEO of your business, you likely have some values as well. And let's face it, we all have choices of who we spend our time with and who, who you, we don't spend our time with. And that isn't always easy in a business scenario. So big mistake that I made, like even my first, call it seven-figure business, part of the reason that business failed, now I'll take full responsibility, yet at the same time, circumstances that I had no control over, like I was in business with a best friend. Now, I did have a choice of choosing, but when he emptied our bank account and vanished and then I, left me in this state of regroup, 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 it was tough, right? Now, I would say I've come out of it just fine, so I don't use it as a crutch. I use it as a driving driving force to make better choices in the future, right? So we have to learn from those kind of mistakes. Poor selection of business partner, right? I've had poor selection of girlfriends, poor selection of... So this isn't just for business. This is also thinking for your life, hopefully. 
hopefully I can convey it in a simple way that makes sense, but think of it as a right fit filter for your business, clients, could be relationships uh, and more. So for our business, you know, I'll speak about our experience. You know, by the way, as you're watching, here's also something else to think. Of. I know there's a lot of these experts who pontificate, you know, things as the golden way and the only way. Everything I'm sharing with you, I encourage you to look through a filter uh, or a lens, if you will, of a couple of things. One, it's a way. It's not even many times exactly my way. It just happens to be a way. Number two, don't believe a word I say. Test it for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Try it. Then likely you can go, yep, let's approve this to use and use relentlessly or let's put my little twist on it and use it relentlessly. But ideally it becomes at least a catalyst of a way you operate more effectively, more efficiently, high producing, high achieving. That's what I want. That's what Brandon wants for you as you're watching today and, and or listening. So, so perspective. So the three core values of me as the founder of our business as well, as you go to our site, you'll see our three core values listed. And the three core values, number one, hyper growth minded, lead with a hyper growth mindset. Like I'm pretty crazy about how much I like to grow, consuming a lot of growth material, learning, education. You know, I'm taking two college classes right now. Why? Just because. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to watching programs every morning when I'm doing my you know, 60 minute walk that I do because I like combining things together to get accelerated growth, right? So hyper growth learning. So when we work with, look to work with a client, we want someone aligned in that value. I don't play well with people who just want to grow a little. I know that about myself, you know, Confucius, know thyself. I don't play well with others who are just like dipping their toe in the water without real, a big focus, right? So we look for clients that want to grow at least two to three times, and usually more. They usually go, I want to dominate my niche, dominate my industry. And those aren't just words, but they're willing to back that up. So hypergrowth mindset. Number two is collaborative and teamwork oriented. No one has all the, I don't care what any expert you've ever met in your life says. I know a lot of them claim to have the answers for everything from business to relationships to health and all these sorts of things. And it's nonsense. <laughs> you know, it's just utter nonsense. We all fail. We all have insecurities. We all have fears. We all have good days. We have bad days. The key is how are we going to show up in teamwork and collaborate? And usually we can learn more about how really someone plays in teamwork when there's conflict or adversity. You can learn more in five minutes of adversity about teamwork, collaboration, and true character than you can when everything's great or a sunny day, right? So number two value is consistent teamwork collaboration in good times and tough times. Number three, core value. Focus on the contribution and impact while you earn a great income, revenue, growth, whatever you call that, those couple words, right? We are wanting to work with people who are beyond like just paying their bills or, you know, we're not looking for people who are in survival mode. We're looking for people who are in growth mode. So that last core value speaks to the focus on the contribution impact. For me as a dad, I'm in my 50s. I have the, my kids. The things I do today are very different than when I was in my 20s. Going back to mistakes. 
I used to chase money, chase opportunity. If it had a dollar sign behind it that was a multiple opportunity, it was pretty much a yes. To a fault, I'll say. That was probably one of my biggest mistakes. It cost me a lot of energy, cost me a lot of time, cost me a lot of wasted energy, a lot of losses, a lot of failures, a lot of, oh my God, bad. I mean, doing business with really bad people, you become who you hang around, you have to clean that stuff up. Today, there's a lot more discernment. So number one is very clear on our core values. Number two is we look to align ourselves or do business with and or have team members and or all relationships that we're going to invest time and energy into, even saying yes to being on Brandon's podcast. Brandon fits the all three, all three in spades, right? Easy yes, right? Now we have five others that we add, but for sake of time, we won't go into it. But what we do is we just kind of match up and, you know, you don't have to do scales of this. It doesn't have to be complicated. We just go, you know, is it a plus? Do they seem to have that? Is it minus or questionable? Or is it just what we perceive to be neutral at that given time? And here's the other thing. This can be changed at any given time based on new information. So also be flexible enough. It's not either or. It could be an and. And yeah. like I'll give a real life example right now. We've been working with a client recently that we are parting ways this week, in fact. And we've got an exit plan for the next couple of weeks, Right to work with because they and their team cannot keep up with how fast that we are looking to build. And that's setting us up for failure because if we keep at this pace, which is for us like a turtle's pace, in nine months, they're going to start looking at the fees of costs and probably go this, but we've done our part. We've shown up. They're good people. They have a good business. They have great, good, really great products, which is and initially, when we ran the filter, they met the criteria. But now, 60 days later, uh, we're realizing this isn't a fit for us, so we're going to look to get them referred to someone else who is a better fit for them today. And if they get to a better place, stronger place, a little bit ability to you know handle going fast to get some of the key pieces we need to get in place to help someone really exponentially grow the way they claim, then we'll work together, keeping and maintaining a quality relationship. So you know, what can you take from this? Whether it's you, you, you know, ideally get your own core values in place, whatever those might be for you at this given time, and hang your hat on them. Also, know those values can change. My core values as a company is different today than it was, say, 15 years ago, which was different than when I first started almost 32 years ago, right? So, those can be subject to change based on new information, new experiences, new all kinds of stuff. But have a criteria of saying, what, what do you say yes to? What do you say no to? And here's a couple other suggestions in, in this, uh, Brandon. Hopefully this is supportive as you're watching. Brandon, I hope it's supportive for your audience. Of I know course. you really value uh, them. And it's this. Whatever you say yes to or whoever you say yes to means you're likely having to say no to someone or something else. Choose wisely. Mm-hmm. Also, another good framework. I believe this was a David Bach framework, which is you know, you can have your to-do list or to who to work with list. You can have a not to-do list. The higher up you go, you'll realize likely that the not to-do list becomes far more important than the to-do list. The not who to work with becomes far more important than the to who to work with list. Yeah. Discerning time and energy. And then you can have a list to do later. 
to potentially filter and follow up with later, right? But having those yeah. three compartments, a not to do, a to do, and a later list can set you free. I've got a list on my whiteboard right over here of a bunch of future to-dos that are not the priority or keep focuses today. And they're not a complete not to do, but they're in limbo over here. But I feel that it's a safe place because not now, it's a not, you know, you call it also a not now list or a later list. It's my not now focuses or not now relationships to focus on, mm-hmm. right? So I hope as you're watching that you can apply that because not, it, it not only works, you know, I went through a messy divorce years ago, right? I hope you never have to go through something like that. But I realized, you know, I re- re- uh, sat back and I felt like I was a total and utter failure as a result. And I remember working with one of my coaches and we went through a process similar to this using some of her language and then combined with some of this of really designing what I wanted from a new potential relationship. I didn't, I never expected to get married again. In fact, I told my coach, I told anybody I would talk to, including, you know, my now wife, I told her, I don't expect to ever get married again. She said the same thing, which I think is part of what created, uh, you know, some chemistry (laughs) up front is we were aligned in our values at the time. We weren't looking for any more at that time than the freedom to develop friendship, to have some fun, to spend time together, to really become best friends and enjoy each other's time. And well, guess what? What I've discovered from that, that filter selection, you know, from all kinds of criteria uh, that I put together in the process of this, I literally got exactly who and what I want in a partner, spouse, and most importantly, she's my best friend that allows me to just be myself. I don't have to be anybody else. I got a bunch, I got all kinds of quirks and warts and, you know, uh, imperfections and scars. She isn't trying to shift that. She accepts that. She accepts this. I got this ADD brain. Maybe you've noticed already uh, as you're watching. I've got this ADD brain that is not easy for someone to deal with. It's very, very tough for someone who doesn't get it or try to get it. She's amazing and it's just allowing me to be free to be myself, which gives me the freedom to do that in sports. You know, I, I'm a high school football coach, as you know, Brandon, which, you know, is such a gift to pay forward to these young men that are 14 to 18 at some of the most critical points in their life. And I'm proud that I have set up these businesses and, you know, been fortunate and so blessed to sell a couple companies to give me the freedom to do this. And then a, a really great team that I've got today that really runs, you know, our, our team of 20 some people every day to make it happen. And literally being a high school football coach here in Arizona is like, it's full time, right? So I have the freedom to do this, to pay forward to these young men to build and develop leadership in them for the future. Some of these kids are like I was as a kid. They're, they're and actually worse. Some, and, we, and somebody's always got it worse and somebody's always probably got it better. We got kids that are living on the street. And in the position I'm in, I feel handcuffed because I actually have wanted to move a couple kids into our house and get them food that we would buy. I would, our family would just get for them and regulations. Oh, don't get me started on that, Brady. Uh, regulation, <laughs> uh, guidelines, bylaws, etc., related to athletics here won't allow us to do it. Otherwise, I would jeopardize my coaching career as well as these kids playing career, which is ludicrous. 
We just want to help somebody, right? So, but we do get to help. You know, some coaches in sports all over the country are some of the most undervalued, underpaid people, and they're giving their lives to these kids, men and girls, men and women. And at the at the end of the day, right, we get to help reinforce or help for many of them be like fathers or mothers in their lives, which is, you know, it's a gift. It, it, it's a gift. That's incredible. There's so much value that you just shared there, but I mean, I hope, I know everybody listening is like, can tell that you're a really heart-centered giving person. And, and that's so cool that you have, you're clear on your values. I think that's something that I've gotten the, the, the past few months. I've had to get a lot clearer on what those values are because it becomes hard to determine what opportunities you should pursue if you're not clear on them. And a few things that I picked up on that you said that uh, I just assumed by the way you explained it, like you have a formal process of scoring this. I could tell just based on your language that it seemed like you're ranking people on certain categories on them. But the other thing that I think, you know, that I picked up is that like there's surface level, there's, there's only so far that you can go before you can engage with someone. And then you find out more after the fact, like you yes. can have the filters, they can check all the boxes, but then after you decide to move forward with them there, you have to continuously be reassessing. It's not a matter of just getting through the door once. And I know uh, we've had a mutual guest on the show, Steve Sims. He has this incredible analogy where he used to be a bouncer and he's like, I can solve for 99% of the fights inside of my clubs by controlling who comes in the front door. Um, and I think that that, like that, that visual for me is so powerful is like, as you've heard Dan share his insights today, it's like, what are the values that you're using inside of your business, inside of your personal life that allow you to control who's coming through your front door? Because you can solve 99% of the problems um, by making sure that you're very clear on that. So I appreciate you sharing your hard fought wisdom with us today. Um, I know we just, we have like one minute left here. So I guess any, any final things you want to add here, Dan, before we head off today? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, uh, there's a great quote that I love from Disney. And as you're on your journey of business or personal or combination of both is number one, you can have it both ways. You can have a great life, personal and business. Um, you don't have to give up one to get the other, right? See, and here I've heard, you know, there's certain experts, so many experts, have great intentions, but so many experts are frankly misleading people down the wrong path. You know, I had an early mentor in my uh, early twenties who taught me, he said, you know, you can sleep when you're dead. And there's still a bunch of experts teaching that same philosophy psychology yeah. today, which is just an under, it's utter crap. Um, especially in the times we're in today where mental health is such an important factor and, and all these sorts of things. So Disney you know, so many people have a tendency as well to get hung up on their idea or their product or their service and in secret and this and that. And I don't know if you know the story. Uh, it's in one of his uh, biographies, which, you know, he created a character that was a little rabbit uh, decades and decades ago. And he was working for someone else, an agency. And on the train ride home, he got fired. And he found out he got fired. And so what ended up happening is, of course, he was irritated and, and ticked off. And he's on his way back to California, knowing that he had created this rabbit for that company. And it was lost to him for what he thought was forever. Well, on his way home, he didn't use that as a two experience. It didn't happen to him. It happened for him. He started doodling. He started doodling. He started scratching out a new character. A new character. And that character was Mickey Mouse. Now, the Disney Corporation has since purchased that rabbit back from the license. 
that rabbit is called Oswald the rabbit. Now, I don't know if you've heard of it, but if you had to compare Oswald the rabbit to Mickey Mouse, old paradigm, new paradigm, we all have a choice of what we accept as our old paradigm and now what is our new. Your Mickey Mouse may already have been created, but maybe you're just one breakthrough away from your Mickey Mouse. And regardless, people, companies, competition, and more can steal your ideas, just like they did with Disney. Hmm. But they can never steal the magic. Hmm. You've got it. Go That's apply incredible. it. Thank you. Yeah. Way, way to put a bow on everything. I can't add anything on top of that besides if people want to go deeper into your world, tell them about your podcast, where they can connect with you and all that other good stuff. Yeah, we put a toolkit together for this episode. So if you want to go deeper, we put together four amazing tools for you. One is related to hiring. If you've ever struggled hiring VAs, full-time, part-time employees, non-employees, we've got an eight-step pro- uh, hiring process. We've got our 12-step checklist, which will show you how to turn casual conversations into conversions. And it was the 12-step checklist we used in one of our companies that actually turned customer service people into high performers. So you get that checklist. In addition, uh, the number one reason business, most small businesses fail is they don't have a marketing plan, at least according to Small Business Administration in 17. And you can never say that again. So we've got our marketing plan uh, blueprint that we're going to make available to you, uh, as well as many people find themselves struggling to run, this, run their companies like a founder, like a CEO. And I've got mine up here on the wall, which is called the CEO's Checklist. I created it for me about 27 years ago because I'm not a professionally trained CEO. How about you? So if you've never been trained as a professional CEO, I don't know that there's college classes for it. I don't know that you could take a leadership course for it. Where do you go to learn to be like the founder and CEO of your business? So we're going to give you that CEO checklist. You can go take advantage of this free toolkit, this free small business toolkit with all those tools by going to activate.breakthrough3x.com. That's activate.breakthrough3x.com. And one last thing that I'll share with you is in 64 days, I wrote the first draft of my book. Literally, Brandon asked me this before the show. He said, did you really handwrite it? I'm like, yep, that's what I chose to do. Uh, Because there's something about handwriting on a pen, which is also why I have my journals here, which, let me go the other way so you can see. I'm still an old-fashioned dude because I had learned long ago that you know you can't get the same connections in our mind and heart when you type things versus when you write them. Um, and I believe it's called the reticular activation system that when you write something, it commits to you emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually even, which is what I will say about my book, which will be coming out later this year. Uh, if you want to get on the waiting list for this book, and I hope you do, we literally, the book is titled Direct Response Branding, the new model to three to 10X your growth with less stress, get clients daily and get free from the day to day. Direct Response Branding is a new model for you to grow your business. And we're going to give you the templates, the blueprints and everything that I have learned in 30 years condensed into this book of wisdom. You can go get the uh, get on the waiting list at Direct Response Branding Book. That's directresponsebrandingbook.com, directresponsebrandingbook.com and uh, get on the waiting list. And we've got other updates that we'll send you and keep you in the loop about before it comes out, but you'll have the ability to get first early access.
Go there. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And I just, like I've said, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Dan is someone to follow. I love all of Dan's content, specifically in the growth toolkit that he just mentioned, the how to sell by more by selling less tool that's included in this thing. That thing is just incredible. So like, and the, what Dan just gave away is just ridiculous. So yes, please go to activate.breakthrough3x.com. And I can't wait to read that massive manuscript. And I, I know for people listening, are probably like, but like it was, he, he was holding up a, a chunk of paper. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a few reams of paper. So I can't wait to read the final output, directresponsebrandingbook.com. Dan, this has been such a blast. It is, is such an honor to have you on the show. You were somebody that's been inspirational to me. So I, I appreciate all your support uh, since, and then the relationship we built over the past, I don't know, year and a half since we've gotten to connect. So thank you so much for your time. And, uh, we'll talk to you very soon, my friend. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate it.